Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Our God is great, greatly to be praised. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. As we remain standing, we'll look into God's word. We will continue with our theme, Grieved. Praise the Lord. Reading from Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God in Christ has forgiven you. That's 30, 31, and 32. We continue our message from 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our hearts. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in the name of Jesus. They overcame the enemy by the word of the testimony and the blood of the Lamb. And so we take victory in the house. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Praise God. We've been looking into God's word and we have been talking about studying from the scriptures concerning Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And we have come to that part where we were talking from the scripture as Paul says, two things to the Ephesians, do not, be, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And in Thessalonians, quench not the Spirit. So as we look into this particular theme, we will continue with what we have been Sharing from God's word, we were looking into verses 25 to 32. We said that some of the activities in our lives whereby how the Holy Spirit can get grieved. Praise the Lord. And Paul pens it down and we have been looking into those words to understand how is it that we are able to grieve the Holy Spirit, who is God himself. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, we do a quick recap um, without speaking too much. It's up on the screen. I want you to look at it. These were the codes that we used last time when we spoke from God's word. We grieve the Spirit by doing what he tells us not to do. We quench the spirit by not doing what he tells us to do. And this is we were the last time. How can you grieve the Holy Spirit? We started by saying, number one was the morals in our life. Verse 25. Then we move to the mood, which is recorded in verse 26 and 27. Then we move to the money factor, which is recorded in 28. And today, we move to the next part, which we dub as the mouth part. Watch your mouth. Praise the Lord. Yes, we need to watch our mouth because what comes out of our mouth can grieve the Holy Spirit. And Paul puts it like this. 
Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Praise the Lord. Words has power. Praise God. Words can bring healing or it can hurt. Words can bless or words can break. Words has the power to build a life. At the same time, words has the power to break down lives. And as God's children, Apostle Paul is saying, we need to watch our mouth, meaning watch our words. Praise the Lord. The words that flow out of our mouth should be such that God delights in our words, that it is aligned to the purpose of God. The words that is released from our tongue ought to bring forth edification to the body of Christ. So Paul is saying if that has to happen, make sure that let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now this is written to the church that is in Ephesus. Praise the Lord. It is written to the believers. Can believers have corrupt words that proceed out of their mouth? Well, if it is being addressed, it means that it is possible. The ancient Greeks used the term when they talked about karak, the picture or the imagery that is used is the rotten fruit. Imagine or in your refrigerator or your table, you have fruits and you'll find that some of them are rotten. So corrupt words, as the Bible calls, they are like rotten fruit. Praise the Lord. Speech in words, in other words, what Paul is saying is that speech that comes out of our mouth should not be wild, praise the Lord. The words that comes out of the mouth of a believer cannot be one that brings dishonor to the name of the Lord. So what is this corrupt speech? How do we identify corrupt speech? Is that too hard for us to identify corrupt speech? No. But it is a shocker to hear believers using corrupt speech. Corrupt speech could be filth, off-color jokes, profanity, dirty stories, whether they are made up or true. Any kind of worthless talk is corrupt conversation. Rather than having corrupt conversation flowing out of the mouth of a believers, it ought to be constructive conversation that flows out of the mouth of the believer. Praise the Lord. That is what God expects from us. How is it that corrupt talk or corrupt words proceed out of the mouth of a believer? Filthy language, profanity, you know, because the Bible says out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks, praise the Lord. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What comes out of our mouth reveals what's in our heart. 
Praise the Lord. Quite often, what's in our heart or what proceeds out of our mouth, we are able to shield it by using flattery words, by using smooth words, by using right kind of words. But eventually, what our heart is full of, that will eventually flow out of our mouth. Therefore, we have to guard our hearts. Praise the Lord. Above all else, guard your heart for it is a wellspring of life. That's what the writer of Proverbs says. So what your heart is full of, that's what's going to proceed out of your mouth. And the Bible is saying, what proceeds out of our mouth should be such that it is able to edify and build the body of Christ. It ought to be gracious words. Paul writes it like this. Our words should be seasoned with salt, full of grace and seasoned with salt. Praise the Lord. The writer of Proverbs puts it like this. Our words ought to be apt words. The picture that the, the writer of Proverbs draws there is beautiful. It's saying that apt word is like golden apples in settings of silver. Praise the Lord. Right word spoken at the right time is golden apples, like golden apples in settings of silver. Can you imagine that? A setting of silver and a golden apple in the setting of silver. That is an apt word. Words that build, words that is pronounced at the right time, at the right place, Right words, praise the Lord. See, edification is needed in the body of Christ because it meets our spiritual needs, praise the Lord. At times there are, of course, the edifying words could be words that build at the same time, sometime when you have to build, you have to break down to build the right thing. Praise the Lord. See, in the Old Testament, there are images that we can use. The broken down altars, if it has to be rebuilt, it has to be built according to the plan and the purpose of God. Praise the Lord. Sometimes edifying words are words of, of correction. Praise the Lord. Without correction, without rebuke, if we try to build, it might come out as something else. So our speech ought to have the grace element to it. Praise the Lord. Add the grace element to your speech because that is what going to bring healing and blessing to others. You know, when you read the scripture, our role model, Jesus, look at the words of what the Bible says about Jesus. Luke chapter 4.22 puts it like this. So all bear witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeds out of his mouth. Praise the Lord. When people heard Jesus, they marveled at the gracious words that was flowing out of the mouth of Jesus. To the extent they marveled and they asked the question, is this not Joseph's son? 
In other words, they could not believe the kind of words that was coming out of the mouth of Jesus. And they talked among each other and said, check him out. Praise the Lord. The words that are coming out of his mouth are gracious words. Praise the Lord. Is this something that is uniquely confined to Jesus? Or do you think we as followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, children of God could have such words? Praise the Lord. Quite often the corrupt conversations or the corrupt words that proceeds out of our mouth has an ability to overshadow those gracious words. Therefore, we need to take out those corrupt words and fill ourselves with gracious words that are possible to bring healing in the body of Christ. Now, what is the secret of gracious words flowing through the mouth of Jesus? The prophet Isaiah prophesied Jesus. In the book of Isaiah, a lot of things about Jesus has been prophesied. And one of the things that Isaiah prophesies about Jesus is noteworthy in this moment as we talk about Jesus in this context. It is recorded in Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4. And the verse goes like this. The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue. To know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning. Wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. Praise the Lord. The prophet Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus. Praise the Lord. They, Jesus had the habit, the Bible says, Jesus had the habit of getting up early in the morning and going to a solitary place and he will spend time with his heavenly father. And after spending time with his heavenly father in communion, in prayer, in talking to his father, he comes out and the words that proceeds out of his mouth are gracious words, are apt words. Timely words that ministers to the very souls. The only way we can minister to very tired, beaten down souls are when we spend in time with our Father in heaven. When you and I spend time in prayer, in devotion, God unloads, praise the Lord, or downloads, praise God, each day fresh words that can minister to the needs of people, praise the Lord. When stale words cannot bring healing, fresh words that are downloaded when you sit in his presence can bring forth healing to the tired, weary souls that are ready to give up and throw in the towels. The only way we can impact our generations. The only way we can touch our lives are when we spend time with him. And when we are open, our spirits are open for him to download what he wants us to speak out. Not what I want to say. Not what someone else wants to say. But what he wants to say. He has to download into us. Praise the Lord. It's about Jesus that the Bible says, He has given me the tongue of an 
instructor. Praise the Lord. Praise God. How? Because every morning he wakes me up to hear. He opens my ear to hear what he says. And what he says has the potential, power, and the grace healing in hearts that are ready to give up. Praise God. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? When our words are synced with him. Praise the Lord. When our heartbeats are synchronized with his heartbeat. When we spend time with him. Praise the Lord. What he downloads into us has the potential to bring forth healing and deliverance. Words has the power. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, the writer of Proverbs says, the words that is released from our tongue has a power for what? Life and death. I want to say life first. Praise the Lord. So we release those words which bring life. Praise the Lord. Somebody's down. Somebody's downtrodden. Somebody's depressed. Somebody's discouraged. The words that come out of our mouth can quicken them up, can stir them up, can lift them up, can comfort them, can console them. Last night, we were here consoling our family. The songs that we sang, the praise that we gave, the word that came forth, it was bringing healing. It was stirring up hope in the hearts of people. I felt like that. I don't know how many else did that, but I felt like that. And that's the word that is received from the Lord that is released at a time that is appropriate. So, words has the power. From the life of Jesus, we see people were marveled at the gracious word. At the same time, as men and women of God, we are God's mouthpiece. Praise the Lord. How many of you believe that you are God's mouthpiece? Praise God. He wants us to speak life and deliverance. So as mouthpiece of God, sometime when we use our mouth for something else, when vulgar things come out or worthless things come out. So as believers, sometimes it's not, it's, most of the time it's not profanity. It's not vulgar words, but it could be words that are worthless. That can come out of our mouth. What is the kind of impact on us when worthless things come out of our mouth? The mouth that is used to glorify God. The mouth that is used to exalt his name. When worthless things come out of our mouth, you and I who are mouthpiece of God, our lives are affected. Our ministry is affected. Praise the Lord. Look what the Bible says. I want to draw your attention to Jeremiah 15, 19. I'm going to read it out. This is how it goes. The Lord says, If you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless one, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them do not let them influence you. Hey, in chapter 1, when God calls Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah says, Lord, I am only a child. But God says, 
Don't say you are only a child. I'm going to do something. What am I going to do? I'm going to put my words into your mouth. Praise the Lord. So the words that are put into his mouth. This is a man of God who is speaking and uttering the oracles of God. But the pressure around him builds up. He is ministering to the people of God. As the pressure around him builds up, there is distrust and discouragement that settled. He, there is the pressure that wants to mold him into the ways and the works and the words of the people around him. And slowly there is doubt and distrust that comes into his heart. Praise the Lord. See, God is telling him. And God is not mincing his words. God is telling him, listen, this is a time of crisis for Judah. God demands his servant in whom he has confidence. What does he need to do? He needs to stand fearlessly, face the music at the same time, speak with confidence, distrust. Uh, wavering, uh, doubting God's word, praise the Lord, and allowing the pressures around him to impact and influence him cannot be possible. It is not allowed. God is saying, no, you can. You need to repent and return. In other words, you have to repent of the fact that you doubt what I say. Praise the Lord. And you have to stand firm amidst persecution and the pressures that build around him. Praise the Lord. Listen, this is how the message version goes. Take back those words and I will take you back. Then you will stand tall before me. Use words truly and well. Don't stoop to cheap whining. Then, but only then you will speak for me. Aspiring to be a spokesman for the Lord? Whether it is an exhortation or a message or giving a counsel or a word in the right season, your and my words have to be careful. We have to make sure that our words are such that it confirms the word of God. It confirms our faith in him. It confirms that we are standing for the promises of God. In other words, God is saying, listen, you have to rest, you have to return and you have to repent because he needs individuals, people who are strong, not wavering in their commitment, not untiring in their faith. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And if that has to happen, you need to return. So the words that proceed out of our mouth, praise the Lord. It reveals who we are. And if we are carriers of the presence of God, praise the Lord. The words has to reveal who we are standing for, praise the Lord. Listen, 
the pressures of this world will try to influence us. The next verse there, he says, you should not be influenced by them, but rather you should influence them. Praise the Lord. That's what it says. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. Meaning what? What it means is when you stand for God and when you utter the oracles of God and when you are the spokesman for him, there will be seasons in our life where the world around us, the people around us will impose pressure on us. So the pressure from the outside, the pressure from the inside, the pressure that comes from around us has the potential to influence us. If it influences us, it will influence our words. It will influence our speech. It will influence our talk. It would influence our thoughts. It would influence our lifestyle. It would influence our disposition. So God is telling him, you need to repent and return. Praise God. You cannot use worthless words. You cannot have be doubtful about what I say. They you cannot have them influence you, but rather you should influence them. That is possible when we lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. When the pressure is building up from every end, Praise the Lord. The power that is inside of a believer. The Holy Spirit power. Because it's a spirit of power, love and sound mind. That Holy Spirit power allows us to stand strong and tall amidst the pressures that build around us. Praise the Lord. Coming to the next part. Praise the Lord. So our words has the potential to grieve the Holy Spirit. What words? The words, what words? Corrupt words will do what? It will grieve the Holy Spirit. So there's a sharp contrast that Paul is presenting here. What is a sharp contrast? It should not be corrupt speech. Rather, what? What kind of speech? Words that? That edifies, praise the Lord. So any word that is corrupt, it grieves the Holy Spirit. The next one the Bible talks about is manners, okay? Manners that is recorded in 31 and 32. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all Malice and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Don't have the time to touch everything, we'll touch one. Let all bitterness be put away with all malice. Praise the Lord. Did you know that bitterness, anger, speaking evil of someone, or losing our temper? with someone can grieve the Holy Spirit? Bitterness that we harbor within, anger, wrath, with anyone, grieves the
the Holy Spirit. We quite often have this big do not do sins in our lives, but there are smaller sins in that we hardly think that it is important. There is a book by Jerry Bridges. It's called The Respectable Sins. You should read it. Respectable Sins. In other words, we think it's okay. Praise the Lord. Is it okay? The Bible says bitterness, bitterness can do what? It can grieve the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our, the bitterness that one harbors in their heart, it can grieve the Holy Spirit. It's not that God says that I cannot handle your bitterness, I cannot handle your anger or your burst of anger because nothing surprises God. Neither there is anything in this world that God has not already heard. Praise the Lord. See, God is not just grieved by how our speech, anger, or malice affects him, but how it affects us. Yes, the Holy Spirit is grieved, but the question is, do you know how it affects us? What does that mean? He is, he is grieved. Why is he grieved? He is grieved because it hinders the Holy Spirit from doing a work in us, for us, and through us. Praise the Lord. When we grieve the Holy Spirit, what God wants to do in us, for us, through us, is being hindered. Praise the Lord. Bitterness is something that people take it very easily. What is bitterness? Someone said bitterness is a poison that one drinks thinking that it will hurt someone else. We drink the poison and we think that it's going to affect someone else. No. A person who is bitter in his soul, his soul, he is affected more than anybody else. Bitterness refers to a settled hostility within us. A settled hostility within us because it is not resolved or let go or forgiven. Praise the Lord. And this settled hostility within us, it poisons our inner man. And it has an adverse effect in us. Praise God. Somebody does something that you don't like. Something that people don't like or we don't like. And what do we do? We harbor ill will against, uh, against them. And that is settled bitterness within us which contaminates us. Praise the Lord. Now, this can be activated in any realm that we operate in. We operate in different realms. Okay? What is the primary realm that we operate? The primary realm that we operate is our home base. 
Our home base is a primary realm of our operation. We are interacting with our parents. We are interacting with our spouse. We are interacting with our children. That's the primary base or the realm of our operation. The next realm of our operation could be the institution that you are studying or the workplace that you are employed or the church that you attend or the fellowship that you are part of. These are different realms that we operate in. And the different realms that we operate in, we are constantly interacting with people. When we are interacting with people, we encounter events or seasons in our lives that can produce bitterness within us. When it is not resolved, it settles down into us. I want to present a realm that we all are part of. Not everybody is, is in workplace all the time. Not everybody is in school all the time. Not everybody is in college all the time. Not everybody is in, is, is in church all the time. Where do you spend your time the most? Okay, so let's touch the home base. Listen what Paul puts it. This is how Paul puts it. Colossians 3.19. Husbands, love your wives and be not Bitter against them. Two diabolically opposing words. One, love. What is the other one? Bitter. So it's a transition that takes place. God wants a husband and wife to be in love. To be in love. In what season? Honeymoon stage? Every season. Honeymoon stage is an auto dry. It's automatic. Okay? But when the honeymoon season is over, are you still in love with your spouse? And here we see Paul is talking about a Christian home. And he's talking about father, mother, children relationship. Here he's talking about a husband-wife relationship. And he's talking, he's telling the husband, you love your wives and be not bitter against them. Wow. Praise God. How many of you are in love with your spouse? Some of us are so bashful. Some want to raise their hands, but then they realize that their husband is here. <laughs> and some, some um, men want to raise their hands, but then they realize that their wife is sitting next to them. Oh. In anticipation. Nobody even anticipates. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Listen, God wants us to be in love with our spouses. Husbands are told to love their wives and do not be Bitter against them. Hey, from love to bitterness, what happened? How do you transition from love to bitterness? It doesn't happen overnight. We said bitterness is what? Settled hostility. Settled hostility. When the issues are not resolved, when you do not forgive from your heart, what happens? Hostilities settle, 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 
and what has been building on the inside, there is an explosion that will take place on the outside. It's a ticking time bomb. You never know where it will explode, how it will explode. Sometimes all it takes is something very small to, for it to explode. Have you seen it explode? It is not a planned explosion, like demolition, like bringing down a building. No. It's not a planned explosion. When bitterness settles within us, and we are unforgiving what happens, anything can detonate it. It will be in a wrong place, in a wrong time, right before your children, or in the church, or it's in a social gathering. Praise the Lord. The question is, in your love relationship, the closest relationship on this earth, have you transitioned from love to bitterness? If so, today should be the day that you transition back to the love relationship. It is possible when you forgive from your heart. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, let's move on. Bitterness can poison us spiritually, mentally, relationally, emotionally. It flows and affects different arenas of our life. Have you seen people come back from work and explode at home? Have you ever done it? Anybody? You come back from work, enter your home, and then boom! What do you think happened? It's not anything that happens at home. You carried something from your workplace to your home. Now think about that. You're coming to church like that. Think about it. It's not intended. I'm not intending that I should come and explore before Raju Uncle here. No. It's something that I am carrying with me that has the potential to explode in any place, praise the Lord, because it's unresolved hostility that has settled within our heart, praise the Lord. So it can poison us spiritually, relationally, emotionally. It can touch every aspect of our heart. Look at the sharp contrast that Paul writes there. He says, no bitterness, but rather you should have what? You'd rather you should have what? You should be tender-hearted, compassionate, forgiving. Praise the Lord. When we are bitter, we grieve the Holy Spirit. When we are tender-hearted and compassionate and forgiving, we delight the heart of God because He's the one who forgives. And when we emulate his traits by giving out forgiveness, what happens? We delight the heart of God. Praise the Lord. Listen, when the Bible tells us to forgive, it's not a burden that God imposes upon our heart. It's not a burden that God imposes upon our heart. 
but rather it is a safeguard for us for our emotional and mental health. Have you seen people who are miserable? It's like being tormented on the inside. Bitterness. It affects our spiritual life, our relational life, our emotional life. Praise the Lord. Emotions are the language of the soul. When you see emotional outburst, it is a picture or a sign of unresolved issues that are harboring in one's heart. Praise the Lord. Listen. Emotional health and spiritual maturity are inseparable. It is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. This is Pastor Pastor Peter Scazzaro. He has written a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. A few years ago, we gave this book as uh, prizes for our adult class. And if you don't have this book, everybody should get this book. I believe that two years ago or last year, our Life and Fellowship actually did a study on this particular book. When we are emotionally disturbed, it affects every arena of our lives. When there is bitterness within us, unresolved issues within us, it affects the well-being of our spirituality. Also, it affects our emotional health. Praise the Lord. It can bring in all kinds of sickness in, in us. If there is anyone here this morning that is bitter towards someone that you know, someone that you care, maybe you have a legitimate reason to be upset with them. Because they have probably done something wrong to you. Maybe they have offended you. Maybe they have thrown you under the bus. Maybe they have walked all over you. Maybe they have used you as a doormat. And you are offended about it. And you have allowed bitterness to build within you. That is only Poison in your system. Unless you drain that poison out of your system. It is going to contaminate your mind and your soul. Your emotional well-being. It will even impact your physical health. Praise God. So God wants us to love and forgive. When there is no love and when there is unforgiveness, bitterness can creep into us. But it can also move into a different realm. Praise the Lord. I want to touch that before I conclude. And for that, I want to draw your attention to Acts chapter 18. 18 to 23, we all know this portion, but I'm going to read. The, the last verse that I mentioned, 23. And I, let me just give you a synopsis of what we're talking about. You know, 
the apostles were ministering in Samaria. And the Lord was using mightily Philip. And then who else came? The two apostles that came? Peter and? Peter and? Anybody? Nobody? Chapter 8? Acts chapter 8? Peter and who? Huh? Peter and Paul. You're right. Peter and Paul? Peter and? Amazing. Yeah, say it. Peter and? John. Right. And the apostles laid hands and people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they started speaking in tongues. And there was the Simon the sorcerer. What did he do? He said what? Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But we see Peter rebuked him. Peter said, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Simon was a very powerful, influential man in that particular city. But all of a sudden, he found someone operating in the Holy Spirit. And he became very envious and jealous. And he tried to purchase the power of the Holy Spirit. Simon looked at what God was doing through the apostles. And he thought, he thinks it's a power that he can Purchase with money. What he did not realize that, that it is that you cannot buy the person Holy Spirit or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit through anything that you can give. Praise the Lord. He could not identify the difference. He did not realize that Holy Spirit is a person. He wanted to buy power with his money. So we see that Peter is rebuking him. He's saying that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Praise Lord. How did bitterness get into this man? What do you think? Poisoned by bitterness. What was he bitter about? What was he bitter about? Tell me. Huh? He could not operate in the way that they were operating. And he became envious and jealous. He wanted that same power. And when he did not have that same power, what crept into him? See, bitterness can creep into us in any way. We have to be very, very careful. Praise and so Simon thinks that he can pay and he can get what? The power of the Holy Spirit. He does not realize that the Holy Spirit is a person. 
But I want to, since we already talked about bitterness, I want to move to the next spot. Love. Operating in love, empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit of God is the power of love, power, and sound mind. Moving to bitterness because of unresolved issues in a home base. The realm of operation is home base. Now the realm of operation is what? Tell me. What is the realm of operation here? It is the ministry realm. And so in the ministry realm, when I don't have what you have, oh, you could sing. I wish I could sing like you. But when I don't have what she has or what he has, I wish I could do this. The only thing that I could do is I do this. What can settle in? Envy. Jealousy. And that can bring what? Bitterness. But I want to take you to the next level. Peter tells him something. He says, listen, I see that you're poisoned by bitterness and Bound by iniquity. Praise the Lord. Bound by iniquity. Iniquity is a, an old-fashioned word that refers to bondage that habitual sin creates in one life, one's life. If sin, is, if sin is an event that takes place in our life, or sin creeps in because of an event, iniquity is a lifestyle. If sin is an ha act, iniquity is a habit. We all fall. We all falter. We all slip. And God wants us to get up, confess our sin, repent, and return. But when bitterness settles in, and you keep going as if nothing happens, sin takes root. Bitterness take root in us. And that sinful act and action can become a lifestyle in us. Bound by iniquity. A bondage of iniquity. It started as a slip. It started as a small emotional outburst. It started because you could not submit. It started because you could not forgive. It started because somebody offended you. It started because somebody ran all over you. It started because somebody threw you under the bus. It is true that you have a reason to be upset. But when it becomes bitterness and it settles in, and what you tend to nurse that grudge over and over and over leads you to a habit of unforgiveness, leads you to be a habit of continuous sinful lifestyle. Christian life is a journey. We start when you are born again. We are made righteous. We have a righteous standing with God. Praise God. We are justified, we are sanctified, and we are going to be on our way to be glorified. We have, put, we have placed in before him and we have a right standing with God. But sanctification is becoming pure and pure, more and more like Jesus. 
praise the Lord, in every realms of our life. It affects our thought life. It affects our words. It affects our actions. It affects our emotion. Every realms of our life, it has to affect. And the Holy Spirit helps us to become like Him. Praise God. But bitterness, unforgiveness in us, anger in us, can grieve the heart of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. When there is a stronghold of iniquity within us, that means habitual sin. See, we, when we talk about habitual sin, we think about a lot of things. I don't know what's coming through your mind. But unforgiveness, ongoing unforgiveness. Praise the Lord. It grieves the heart of the Lord. Even after it's brought to our attention, if we continue in it, it can grieve the heart of God. Some iniquities are shallow in nature. Some have deep roots. But we need to ask ourselves this morning, do we have bitterness in our heart against anyone? unsettled issues within us that is leading to bitterness. It grieves the heart of God. Praise the Lord. We need to ask ourselves who and what governs our life. Holy Spirit, the spirit of love or the spirit of envy, the spirit of jealousy. What is governing our heart? Have you allowed bitterness to creep into your life by having unresolved issues in you? Are you bound by iniquity? In other words, habitual sins. As God reads your and my thoughts and imaginations, do you think he is grieved? What happens when he's grieved? What he wants to do in us, for us, and through us is hindered. Praise the Lord. And God wants to do great things in us. He wants to do great things for us. And he wants to do great things through us. Praise the Lord. Do you think that you and I are not able to reach the realms that God wants us to reach because we are grieving the Holy Spirit? Have you ever thought about that? Are we not reaching the heights that God has ordained for us because we are harboring an unforgiving spirit, bitterness within us? We are getting ready to take part in the communion. In your home base realm, where you operate in whatever role that God has given you, husband, wife, children, siblings, parent. In your workplace realm, whatever position you are in, 
in your ministry base, whatever ministry that you are doing, wherever God has placed us, if bitterness has crept before we take part in the communion, shall we come to a place of surrender, drain out bitterness from us. If you repent and return, speak words that align with him, then you will be my mouthpiece. Praise.